catching you up on the latest stories that you should know heading into this Wednesday morning. I'm Jake Reyes, and this is The Point from WUFT News. You may wonder why news is so important. I can tell you that as a journalist, our job is to provide a service where we shine a light on the issues and highlights of a community. It's also a way to hold our leaders accountable. However, Gilchrist County lost some access to this method of accountability when its newspaper, the Gilchrist County Journal, closed in February after 91 years. I spoke with WUFT's Alan Halali on how the closure affects transparency and how some newspapers are trying to resolve the county's news desert. Essentially, I had heard about the closure of the Gilchrist County Journal, um, which I came to learn has been in uh, operation for about 91 years. Um, and it not only is it the only um, outlet in the county, but it's a very small county. Um, so there's really not that much that happens out there, but you know, it's still really important, I think, for there to be a watchdog for city, county commissions, school board, making sure that taxpayer dollars are being used effectively. Were there any surprises in your reporting? I guess what was surprising to me was, you know, there are a couple of newspapers that are trying to help out with the situation. Um, The Dixie County Advocate, I spoke with the editor down there. Um, They're hiring a new reporter to, to cover Gilchrist County. So, you know, there are really efforts to fill in the gap for what Gilchrist County Journal did all of these years. Um, But there's still this hesitance of 91 years of community building and and trust building. Um, It's hard to just have somebody just step in and and cover that event. Right. And in my experience in reporting in Dixie County, smaller counties are definitely close with their newspapers. Now, there are thousands of papers around the country that are closing. Why? And why the Gilchrist County Journal? It's, It's definitely a wide variety of reasons. A lot of these are, are family-owned newsrooms. Um, you know, part of the discussion for Gilchrist is, you know, these people have been doing this for 45 years, this arduous work of putting together a paper every week and trying to stay afloat financially. There's the sense of, of you know, there's nobody to pass it on to, and they kind of just want to enjoy their retirement. And I think that that is definitely something that's happening in newsrooms across the country that are maybe even run by two people like it was um, at the journal. In your story, you mentioned that there's a bill on the governor's desk that would strip local papers of legal notices. Could this negatively impact the newspaper industry in Florida further? So I spoke with, like I said, the, the Dixie County Advocate editor, as well as you know Cindy Jo Ayers from the, the, the journal. They both really expressed that this bill that's out there that's on Ron DeSantis's desk right now to make it so that, um, you know, counties can post legal notices on websites rather than have them printed in local papers, which is currently the law. It would have a huge impact. The, lo- the legal notices, which are, you know, marriages, divorces, um, you know, court proceedings, that sort of thing, kind of this obligation to tell people what's going on that takes up a lot of space in these smaller papers throughout Florida and they get paid to do it. So this little money that is keeping local newspapers open um, could potentially be taken away by the governor. 
Right. Now, is there anything that you found in your story that didn't make publication? One of the things that I found interesting, you know, I spoke with an, an expert that I didn't include in the story. She was telling me that she kind of had the opposite perspective, you know, playing devil's advocate for a second. Like sometimes these local newsrooms, you know, sometimes they're complicit in, in holding up standards. They, you know, there is a lot of corruption in the media. I think that's something that should be explored as well. You know, I just read um, an investigation in, I forgot which, which paper it was, but there's this really well-documented history of how newspapers can be complicit in, you know, things like racial terror, um, lynchings, that sort of thing. Um, and of course, you know, that can evolve with time and with changing standards, but a lot of these papers, and I'm not saying this is the case for the journal at all, but some of these papers don't do really comprehensive accountability coverage. I thought that perspective was interesting because what can be lost from community to community, you know, you can say like, oh, there's a news desert in this county now, but sometimes what was there in the first place wasn't necessarily the best coverage anyways. So I think that's definitely something that, that listeners and readers should take into account. I think it's going to be particularly harmful in Gilchrist County here in Florida, but it's definitely something to keep in mind and a lens to look at things through critically when you're thinking about other places that might be closing. That was Alan Haleli on what a news desert would mean for Gilchrist County. For the full story, visit our website at wuft.org. Now, let's get into some top headlines. A Lafayette County couple acts as a Noah's Ark for the county surrendered animals. Carol Purse and her husband Julian take in hundreds of animals at their home in Mayo, Florida. They take in pigs, dogs, horses, cows, and say people just throw puppies over the fence of their property because they know the purses will take care of them. Many small rural counties like Lafayette lack funding for animal services, which makes it difficult for residents to surrender livestock or pets. Purse is looking to change that with her home, and you can read more about it at wuft.org. A Leon County Circuit judge approved a 24-hour waiting period for abortions in Florida. WFSU is reporting that Judge Angela Dempsey upheld the constitutionality of a 2015 law that called for women to wait 24 hours after initial visits with physicians before having abortions. The ruling continued victories for abortion opponents in Florida, including a law passed during this year's legislative session that would prevent abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy. Governor Ron DeSantis signed a bill into law expanding financial aid for children in foster care. WLRN reports that the law sets aside more funding for family members who become caregivers, and it makes more foster kids eligible for tuition waivers at state colleges and universities. According to a state analysis, about 69,000 Floridians can already qualify for the program. Subscribe to The Point Newsletter, which drops the latest Florida stories into your inbox every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Visit wuft.org for more information. I'm Jake Reyes, and you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida. Have a great day.